Thank you for joining us for our Real Talk podcast with Pastors David Wilson and Brandon Hayes. We hope you enjoy this open biblical discussion. Hey, South Coast family, hope you're doing well. We are excited about part two of the Bible and the Believer. Uh, I'm Brandon Hayes. I'm the next-gen pastor at our church, and this is our senior pastor, David Wilson, and excited about another session of Real Talk. And uh, I want to say this as we're talking about the Bible and the Believer today. As I'm looking at these questions, I think a lot of these um, especially make sense because of the context of our church and how, how we do things and our belief in the Bible as God's inspired, inerrant word. And so I think it's good to know and give some context to the questions. And so uh, first thing, we'll let Pastor David lead off here, is what are some benefits, if any, uh, which we believe there are, of reading through the Bible book by book rather than skipping around everywhere? Well, there are a lot of benefits. First of all, you're going to be reading areas of the Bible that uh, you normally don't read. We all have our little favorite passages of Scripture. When you're reading through the Bible, it also gives you a plan to, when, you, when you've been reading, you pick up and go, oh, well, here's where I was. I want to continue reading. Mm-hmm. You'll see things that you haven't seen before. Um, it gives you a clearer picture of all of it instead of just parts of it, keeps it in context. There are a lot of different ways to do that. You can do it from Genesis to Revelation. I do not recommend that (laughs) because you're going to get bogged down about uh, numbers, Leviticus (laughs) and numbers. Uh, So, you know, there are a lot of plans you can read uh, doing part of it in the Old Testament, uh, part of it in the New Testament and read through, or maybe read one book in the Old Testament and read one book in the New Testament. Uh, there's even a chronological Bible reading plan that lets you read how everything happened chronologically. For example, after Genesis, Job comes into play, or after part of Genesis, Job comes into play because Job is before Abraham. Mm-hmm. So it's in there. And you can buy resources like that, uh, even paperback. It's called a chronological Bible. And as you're reading it, everything is in order or in the time sequence that they believe, that we believe it happened. Uh, and, and it's helpful, yeah. you know, because a lot of people don't realize that really the Old Testament ends with the book of Nehemiah. Uh, and all of the prophets after it fit in between Genesis and Nehemiah. So if you do it chronologically, it will keep it that way also. However you do it, just read it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, just read it consistently. That's absolutely. Two words, as you were talking to come to mind, are, uh, the benefit, again, of reading book by book, not just skipping around, is consistency and context. So, And you hit on those, but I'll just say a little more, too. I feel like when I've not been trying to read through a book um, of the Bible, I'm not as consistent because I'll wake up and think, well, what should I read today? Exactly. You don't know what to do. Absolutely. You, where am I? To, and you may not feel like reading. If, if you've at least left off where you were, you know you can pick up. That's exactly right. Yeah. where you were. And for sure. And and on context, uh, knowing – it's so easy if you just flip around just pull something out. I think about working with students for so long in Philippians 4.13 and – I can I can jump over this cliff if I with Christ, or I can hit the ball out of the baseball park. And like, in context, we know he was talking about you know the the struggles of the Christian life. And so, um, anyways, yeah, it keep, keeps those things in balance. And exactly. I don't, I don't think this is uh, I don't see it here later, but I'm kind of calling audible here. Um, so here at Southcrest, for the most part, what I mean is, probably ninety percent of the time, we preach 
through a book verse by verse, right? We're not skipping around everywhere. There are occasions we might do like a more topical series, but um, you've been doing this. For, how long have you been a senior pastor now? <laughs> well, I've been a South Chris 29 years. 29, yeah. And so... And more than that. I was... Um, I'm going to get... I'm close to 40 years wow. probably. It's awesome. So you, for sure, and I've been doing a, a, a little bit together with you and, and for sure seeing the benefit, but I'd love... Since you've got a little more expertise on me, some of the benefits you you've seen as a preacher and for a church congregation of not popping around everywhere. I'm not saying that's wrong, but a benefit of man just verse by verse through the text. Well, first of all, it helps you in planning. You know where you're going to go the next Sunday, and I'm telling you, as a pastor trying to decide what to preach, is always difficult unless and when you're going through books of the Bible, it helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, you do break. I do break for Christmas or sure. special occasions. Easter. Yeah. Easter. Um, I'll tell you one of the biggest benefits. It's also one of the hardest ones is that it will make you go through the difficult passages of Scripture. Mm-hmm some that you bleed over. And then, then you, no one can accuse you of, um, hey, you picked that sermon out to preach to me. You <laughs> know, right, if they get right. convicted about it, no, I just came to it. Um, that was last Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in our own, I, I can just tell you, it gives you comfort in knowing that people can't accuse you of, of uh, pulling a passage out and preaching just to them. If you're mm-hmm. coming through it, um, it's funny, when I first started at Southcrest many years ago, and uh, one man said, you're going to run everybody off with all that hard preaching. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, you know, you just cover it all, all the hard passages. I said, well, aren't we supposed to cover those? <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to run everybody off with those hard passages. But That's not happened. <laughs> no, that hasn't happened. People are interested in knowing what's yes, happening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um one of your favorite Old Testament passages, one of your favorite New Testament passages. I'll try to take a stab at that. Um, hmm. A lot of good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this would say, this is definitely not the favorite, but one of them, just because I read it the other day. We're in 1 Samuel in the, the South Crest reading plan, which, by the way, it does what you mentioned. Of We were in, started in Proverbs, and then we did Luke, and now we're in uh, 1 Samuel. But uh, the story is pretty odd. I think Chapter 4, somewhere in there, is where it begins, where um, the Philistines capture the Ark of the Lord and Ark of the Covenant, and when uh, they take it to their their lands, and God brings judgment on them. They, they took it kind of as, we're thinking it's a good luck tool, and it does not work for them. And even uh, when Dagon, one of their idols, they go in one morning after the, the Ark has been in there, they go in, Dagon's fallen down, and they set him back up, which is a funny thought to have to set up your God. And and the next morning, they go in, and he's fallen again. As, if I remember right, his hands had fallen off, his head had fallen off before the Lord. And, uh, and so many cool things about that story, but I like it because it's also just kind of funny. Um, New Testament, we've talked about our favorite books before, but I think favorite new, one of my favorite New Testament passages, um, man, I, I really do like the book of Hebrews. It's a tough read. If you're if you're just starting to read scripture, I wouldn't recommend starting in Hebrews because it's it's complicated because uh, a lot of new, uh, Old Testament context and background. But um, 
I, I can struggle personally with legalism and kind of self-righteousness and Hebrews just points you to it's Jesus and Jesus only. He's the, he's the sacrifice. He's the atonement. And so I really like Hebrews. What, what about you? One of my favorite new old Testament books is, uh, Nehemiah. Mm. It, if there's ever a good place for leaders, Mm-hmm. You can watch, you can learn a lot about leadership from that, but especially about chapter four or five, I'd have to look it up. Um, right in the middle of the process, they get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And what they, the reason they got discouraged, and then what Nehemiah does to help them, I find that encouraging for me because sometimes I feel the same way that they do. Yes, <laughs> New Testament. I, I have a lot of them, but mm-hmm. probably First Thessalonians 4, 13, and following that talks about the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The Lord will descend with a shout, the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. And it just, you know, gives you hope knowing that one of these days we're going to be taken out, snatched out of here. And I just really, that's one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it talks about the fact that our loved ones are with the Lord because he's going to bring them with him and that the Lord himself is going to come. We're going to meet him in the air. We're going to be changed. Uh, it's just an encouraging passage. So probably, you know, I love the book of Philippians. I like them all. First Peter, <laughs> I like First Thessalonians. Yeah. But but I, I can quote most of First Thessalonians 4, mm. 13, and, uh, and that following passage. Um, it's one of my favorite. Sounds good. Ready, ready for that. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, next two questions, I guess we can kind of tackle to, together, I feel like, and that is uh, any tips for how to read different parts of Scripture. So obviously reading Ephesians is way different than reading First Samuel. Um, so tips for how to read different parts, and then also what are some good tools to help us study the Bible? You want to dive into that first? Well, um, first of all, I think it's helpful. Um, well, you've already done that. You're, you're reading parts of the Old Testament, parts of the New Testament. Um, you need to do both mm. because you're, you're going to get bogged down. But one of the easiest things you can do is to have more than one translation mm. of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Some of them are paraphrases. Some of them are translations. But it's interesting sometimes if you read read one Bible and then read it in another translation or a, a paraphrase, it kind of gives you another feel for it and helpful. Of course, a concordance is always mm-hmm. helpful. Um, a concordance means that if you can remember part of a, a verse, am, am, I, am I getting that backwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah, a word in a verse. That yeah, you can remember a word. And you can look up the word, and it's, it's like the word um, uh, victory. Well, you can find all the passages that have victory in it mm-hmm. and read those. And sometimes sometimes when you want to read about uh, – and, and having a topical Bible can be helpful too because it will break it down into times of sadness, times of joy, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. There's those tools because sometimes, depending on how you feel – I'm, I just need to read some. I need to read some verses on encouragement For today, sure. and it'll have a lot of those verses that you can do that. So those are a few of the tools I would recommend. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, I, I think with the how to how to read different parts of scripture, one thing that comes to mind is is knowing 
if you we've talked about this before even with preaching that with with an old testament passage like like in first samuel or kings chronicles if you try to just really slow down and squeeze out each word you're, you're going to get bogged down and even confused because it's a narrative right so to read the full story get the bigger picture and an epistle is a little easier to to dig down into you know, one verse even this week we're looking at one verse on sunday um but at least for when we're recording this who knows when you're watching it <laughs> but, um so yeah, just knowing the different styles of even how, how you read it as far as an epistle, I think you could sit down and read the whole letter in one sitting, right? And it'd, be, it'd make a lot of sense where uh, an Old Testament narrative might take a little longer. Um, and I think even um, knowing like with the Psalms that to, to enjoy, how do I say this? I thought with the Psalms, if you read it like an epistle with this kind of really looking for a lot of structure and a lot of points and a lot of application, you're not going to have that. The Psalms are just and find some encouraging let the encouragement let the let the picturesque language speak to you, um, and it's not always going to be this point 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 or application as much as just man how am I encouraged by this? You um, you've I know that you've heard this. Um, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs, mm. one for every day of the month. That's right, yeah. And there's 150 Psalms. So if you read one Psalm a day every three months, or no, it'd be more than that ever close to four and a half, five months, you'll be reading through the Psalms in addition to whatever you're reading. I've also um, learned that if you you take some of the New Testament books the and some of the shorter books and you read, you read it like there's four chapters, you read it every day for a month, mm. same chapters. By the end of the month, you're going to understand what that book says or mm. what that letter said. Sure. So there's a lot of different ways. I found that the best thing to do is to vary it. Mm-hmm. Don't do the same thing all the time or you'll get bogged down. For sure. Absolutely. Especially when you've been doing it as long as I've been. <laughs> it's just it it it's kind of a challenge to to stay fresh Keep about fresh. it. Especially yes, when you've read it before. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. I think one other tool I'd mention that's super common, but a study Bible is a good thing. I think to always remember that those notes are not scripture, that, um, but they can be helpful in just remembering some words and things like that. Um, There's so many tools online also that can help you now. For sure. Uh, that I think my wife used to look at one. It's called the Blue Letter Blue Letter Bible, I think is the name of it, and it's got lots of helpful things on it. There's a lot of good tools mm. um, online that you can use to help you understand some things. Yes, too. sir. That's good. Uh, I love this next question. Um, how do you battle doubt when reading Scripture? Which I'm going to assume that could mean like whether just believe in what it says it's true or even when you're reading, kind of having those feelings of, God, God are you real? Are you, are you going to speak to me right now? So that, that's a so that, here's the first, not to put you on the spot, but I think it's fair because I know what you're going to say. Uh, do, do you ever... I'm glad you know what I'm going to say because I don't know what I'm going to well, say. I feel, confi- I feel confident <laughs> based on previous conversations. Uh, have you ever, as a senior pastor, even when you're reading Scripture, for whether it be for sermon prep or devotional time, as you've been reading, had some feelings of doubt or even like a... A, a lagging in your heart of not just oh, I don't want to do this right now, but just man, is it worth doing this right now? Have you ever had those feelings? Every Monday, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, you you're going to have those. I I don't want to sound like a heretic, but I even believe Jesus had some doubt at one time. Mm. 
because he's struggling in the garden. Mm. Is this really what you want me to do? Is this really what I'm... That's not that he wouldn't do it. Right. But to question things. Mm -hmm. Listen, you read through the Bible, you're going to find all kinds of people that had doubts Mm -hmm. and struggles and wanted to quit. And it shows the humanity of it. Mm -hmm. And we're human, whether we like it or not. We Mm -hmm. are. And we're going to have doubts. Now, there's all kinds of doubts. Do I doubt my salvation? Do I doubt God exists? Do I doubt... What I'm doing is effective. I mean, those are all different kinds. But um, so I wasn't real sure how do you when you say how do you battle doubt when reading the scripture um, depends on what kind of doubt it is. Sure. But one of the things I have to tell myself is what is the truth? Mm-hmm. The truth is because Satan is the father of lies. He's going to cloud as much as he can. And when I'm having, let's just say a person's having doubt about their salvation, okay? So what's the truth? You go back to the scripture. The truth says that God provided for us, that Jesus died for us, and that you, the just shall live by faith. Not how I feel, but by faith. Then I start thinking, look at all of the other lives that have been changed. Look at the changed lives of the the disciples and so forth you know i start telling myself the truth right. and realize okay maybe i don't feel well but but the truth is what sets you free absolutely and so in that particular case i try to ask myself what is the truth in this situation and um and when i read the scripture some of these things seem impossible but it's it's not possible with you and me, but with God, mm-hmm. all things are possible. That's right. So I don't have any trouble believing what the Scripture says even about creation. You know? Right. Even with, so, again, the only way to please God, the only way to please God is through faith. Mm-hmm. And you have to come back and trust. That's right. And the doubts come when we want to prove everything our, our faith and trust is reasonable. It's based on reasonable truth. But come back to the truth. And um, that, that's a hard question to answer. Well, no, I think you good answer and appreciate the honesty. And I'd say for sure I struggle with that too sometimes. And I, yeah, if you, it's a lie. If you're if in your heart and mind you feel like, I must be the only one that feels this way, like, that's a lie because we've all been there. Well, and I, I kept, you know, I'm thinking, what if I come to the end of my life and none of this is true? Well, that's a, well, for one thing, I've still lived a better life than those that didn't believe in <laughs> Jesus, but that's not a reason. I think, I think, why would I even think that? Mm-hmm. But because I start looking around going, if this weren't true, do you think all these people would be following a lie right. and have transformed lives and all? So you have to, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. There are going to be some cloudy days in your life, mm-hmm. but those aren't the days you make uh, major decisions in your life. That's right. You just yeah. kind of yeah. hang on. Let's float through this storm, and you'll you'll be okay. You know, something you said. Uh, I can't remember the exact words you used, but the idea of uh, we have a, we have a reasonable faith. I think maybe it was the word you used. And I do think sometimes uh, there's been a few times where I've struggled with the idea of something and. To dig in, I've told folks before: don't be afraid to find the truth. Right? Like I said, the truth will set you free. So, while when it comes down to, it, I do have to have faith. 
uh, don't be afraid to look, man, is there, an, is there an explanation for this? Is there an answer for this? And so I think when you do have those doubts, well, how could that happen or, or why did that happen, to not just say, oh, I have a question and this must not be real, or just say, oh, I don't care, but no, to dig in, that's how your faith gets deeper. Well, I think also you can, if Jesus repeats it, well, let's use Jonah, for example. Mm. There are a lot of people who don't believe that Jonah was swallowed by a fish. Mm. But Jesus right. used that as an example. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three right. days. Well, if Jesus mentions it, I'm going to believe that, <laughs> you know, sure. even for though sure. it may seem far-fetched to someone else. And um, so you use Scripture to verify the other parts of Scripture, Absolutely. especially when Jesus is speaking. Absolutely. One, one last thing I'd say for our, our next question is, and this maybe seems overly simplified, but just being honest with God, right? There's been times where I'm reading or don't feel like reading or doubting what I'm reading and just say, God, you're going to have to help me here. <laughs> And I, and I think, like you said, right. with God, all things are possible. I think he, he can transform your heart, and he uses that that honesty and transparency to, to speak to us. So be real with God. He knows what you're thinking. You might as well be honest with That's him. That's right, <laughs> for sure. Hey, this is our last question, unless we think of something else. Um, how have you seen God transform lives through the preaching of the Bible? I, I feel like you're going to have a few more uh, examples there, but I, I'm going to jump in if I can give you one first. Um I think I even called you about this one because I thought it was pretty cool. This has probably been, it doesn't matter, six years ago or so. No, we were in the college ministry, so maybe four years ago. Anyways, uh, I don't remember what book we were in, but I remember uh, the passage was a tough passage, not something I would pick just because. It was might have been in the book of James, I think, but um, it was not something I just would have picked. No, it was Philippians, and it was in the end of Philippians where he does start talking about money and how the churches supported his ministry and and I remember that night, several, uh, I was super pumped. I had several guests come in. When it clicked in my mind, these folks, I kind of knew their story, sweet people, but knew they, they didn't love Jesus, uh, were kind of there just because their friend invited them, but had lots of questions about the Christian faith. And I thought, man, this was the last passage I would have picked if I knew they were coming, because this is not going to speak to them. And uh, did, you know, went through the, the sermon anyways, and the next morning, uh, one of the students that had brought this group of people said, man, you wouldn't believe how God worked in their lives last night. They said the, the, the passage really spoke to them and made them think about what they believe, and they're even like considering trusting Jesus. And I was like, where did that come from? And I think I called you and said, man, just, I, I got to right there experience the power of God when I fully, really the power of God to use Scripture, when I was thinking there's no way He's going to do something here. Um, and so it, I it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of you know, all of Scripture is inspired, and That's even right. the tough passages He uses for His glory and to change people's lives. And so um, th- there's more examples like that, but that one I don't think I'll ever forget because I was genuinely shocked, even though I believe what I, that the Bible was God's Word and powerful and sharp as a double-edged sword. Uh, I was truly shocked by what He did that night. I can tell you from experience that there are days when <clears throat> you feel like you hit a home run. I know it's still God's word, but you feel like this passage, I, this is going to change the world. <laughs> and then there are days when you preach a passage, and it, you, I, I use the terminology, it feels like it fell off the front of the pulpit and went right down on the floor. And then those are the days that somebody will say, well, your message today spoke to my heart about this. Mm. 
it shows God's word never returns void. That's right. And that's why we're so adamant about proclaiming the Bible instead of our opinions and our mm -hmm. cute little topics. Mm -hmm. Teach the word of God. It changes people's lives. That's right. I had a call this week from a lady from out of town uh, in one of the surrounding towns, and she related to me about an older lady that some of the heartache that she'd been through in her life of, of my marriage failure and a and her only child being killed in a in an accident and and she said I was so mad at 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 a time but she said but one of the sermons you preached it was as if God like you preached that to me wow. well see I know I didn't preach that to her didn't have a clue right <laughs> but God's word went right where she needed it mm -hmm. and it changed her life mm -hmm. and there and there are just testimony after testimony after testimony mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and so we're we're just the messenger we're not right. the one that wrote it we're we're supposed to teach the bible and the reading why do you think the gideons put all the bibles in the hotels and mm -hmm. and we used to be able to give them out at schools and all because the reading of the Word of God changes people's lives, right. especially when they read the gospel. Mm. So God's Word is powerful. Mm. And Absolutely. like it says, Second Peter says, it's a sharp two-edged sword that pierces to the very, it even said to the body, soul, and spirit of man. I mean, it it gets right to where it's supposed to be. So, yeah, it it transforms lives. Now, Jesus changes the heart, but the Word of God brings people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So people people say, well, I like it because you preach the Bible. Well, I don't know what else to preach. <laughs> right. I'm not going to change anybody's lives. Only the Word of God and the Holy Spirit takes it and uses it. I, I remember uh, one of my professors, we were actually in India and, and talking with some pastors, and he said he was comparing his Word and God's Word, and he said, I can go and tell my kids to get out of bed and they don't move at all. <laughs> he said, God spoke and created the universe. And he said, so why would I use my words, my my ideas, when I can use God's word? His word is a lot more powerful. And I think uh, I think with the, through both of these, part one and part two of the Bible and the believer, if anything, hopefully you're just taking away that the Bible's worth reading. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll change your life. Absolutely. Um, man, we hope that th you've enjoyed this and um, share it if, if it's helpful. and. Let's keep being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real and having real talk. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. We hope you enjoyed this discussion with Pastors David and Brandon. You can find the video recording on southcrestlive.tv and go to the video on demand section. We'll see you next time.